You're listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more about this show, as well as my other podcast, How to Stand, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com. There you'll find episode guides, as well as additional reading, more exclusive content, tons of great stuff. And never miss an update, an album review, interview, etc. by subscribing to the free newsletter, howtostand.substack.com. You could also become a paying subscriber on Substack, and that means you're supporting an independent creator and become part of a community, howtostand.substack.com. Enjoy the show! Hello everybody! Welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop. It is time for my big monthly recap of the top 20 best new releases. Please keep in mind, I listen to literally hundreds and hundreds of new releases every single month to narrow down this list is a monumental task. I'm just so invested in all the new releases in the worlds of C-pop, C-rock, J-pop, J-rock, K-pop, K-rock, Thai music, etc. So, if your fave didn't make the cut, really sorry, I'm never coming for your fave or whatever. It's never like a personal diss. Really, I try to use my objective music critic mind for this stuff. If you still don't agree with my choice, hold on because I might mention your fave in the jam-packed honorable mention segment of the show after I finish my top 20 countdown. Without further ado, let's get to that countdown. Here is number 20 best release of May 2022. P1 Harmony and Pink Sweats, Gotta Get Back. This is such a cute song and such a cute video, even though it's quite minimalist, I guess you could say. They're just roaming around New York City and smiling and hanging out together in nice outfits. Pink Sweat's outfit is particularly adorable. And they're just chilling and having a good time from the start of the video to the da-da-da's that end it. It's a perfect fusion of P1 Harmony's sound and Pink Sweat's. So it's chill, but also it's got some rapping and it is multilingual. Can Pink Sweats please just drop a mixtape full of K-pop collabs? Because his song 17, with members of 17, Chef's Kiss. And same goes for this. Keep it up. Where is Black Pink Sweats? That sounds perfect. Just wonderful voices and a really fun release that I like the message behind, which is organic friendships make for great music sometimes. And it's really cool how this collab came about from organic respect for each other. He really got into P1 Harmony, they reached out, they had some DM exchanges, and they agreed to meet up during P1 Harmony's US tour to make this happen. The story behind it makes the song even sweeter. Number 19. Fakie. Diamond Glitter. The video is mostly just the members in really bold, colorful outfits, just dancing and singing, twirling around. The video is nice, but there isn't tons to say about it but sometimes all you need to get on this list is a really, really good song. And Diamond Glitter is really, really cool. It's very just classic pop content-wise, light on lyrics, just really fun, danceable, but also very new. It's just something new. It's got like a fiddle in the chorus. It's got different instrumental layers that weave together in unexpected ways. The members have less powerhouse vocal moments than before, but more group chanting than ever. So it's an interesting pivot to a group focus over an individual one. Although towards the end, their high notes do give away the fact they are individually so talented too. It's just a great song for them, but also new for them, and it's so catchy, just really well done, and just the kind of song pop music enthusiasts deserve in their lives. Number 18. NCT Dream Beatbox. 
This is a repackage of their last album, so I won't spend too much time talking about Glitch Mode because I already did on the show, but I will just say great additions to its more classic NCT Dream songs that mix a lot of fun sound effects, ad-libs, with harmonies, mixing emotional and lighter content to create really cool concoctions. That's the classic NCT formula, which they nailed once again. I will uncharacteristically spare you my tinfoil hat wearing red string bulletin board brain. I will spare that today and just say that the video is actually just really cute. Could I read into it? Yes, it's me we're talking about. But this one I just think is really truly just a cute and fun thing without tons of easter eggs or anything. And it deserves a shout out because the album is made of eco-friendly material with self-designed covers. Number 17. Here I Die with Hope slash Wish. This album is really long. Really long compared to like today's length of like 8 to 10 maybe. But it's definitely worth taking some time to take in. Some moments it's good background music for whatever you're doing, multitasking. Some moments it's just dance worthy. So it's an interesting one to try to work to, to try to just kind of go about your day with the flow of the song. It starts out with this quirky animated character voice that joins him in the song. And he has other songs like that with synthy, quirky, auto-tuned accompaniments that are paired with otherwise contrasting emotions, contrasting sounds. It's quite an eclectic mix. Songs with a ballad feel have those funny, light additions and vice versa. Some songs are dance-ready, some are way more stripped back. Mirror Mirror has hints in it of No Other by Super Junior. It ends fittingly with a song called Wish, which has really cute sound effects that bring back the theme of Song 1, tie it all together. Then there's Good One. I also want to shout that out because it's a little reminiscent of AB6's 1, 2, 3. The comparisons I'm making are kind of faint, but there, and all complimentary, of course. My personal favorite, though, Peekaboo. Number 16. Got 7. With their new self-titled album, Got 7. This is GOT7's first release under Warner Music. And actually, JB, who is involved in the copyright transfer for all GOT7 trademarks, so they still have full ownership of that stuff, the lawyers he was talking to told him this is unprecedented. This is quite unusual for a CEO to be so willing to just be like, sure, and make the negotiation easy. Just take your whole trademark. You own it. You deserve it. And that's how smooth it went, which is part of the reason I think they have returned as a seven-piece group so relatively quickly. They really fall back into comfortable rhythms with this, so if you've missed Got 7 sound, this is satisfying. I've decided the most succinct way to describe their discography is synth-heavy R&B. A synth-heavy remix of R&B. A synth take on a different kind of vibey song. They were super hands-on working on this. A lot of the prep for this album was via video chats from different countries. It was quite a feat, but they pulled it off. Not just sonically, but lyrically, this release also has some staples of theirs, like the Moon references they bring up all the time, now on Drive Me to the Moon, written by Yunjae. The moon to them represents change, and the start of a new day, basically. A really great example of their compatible dynamics, Jinyan said he thought of Yugium as he was working on Don't Care About Me, which I think is the best song on there, by the way. He kind of, as he worked on the song, pictured dancer Yugium's way of bringing it to life, 
as inspiration. So that really shows how well they know each other and where each member can add their own strength to a release. Two more things I want to shout out about this. One shout out to Royal Dive, who works with Taeyeon a lot and worked on Na 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 and Don't Leave Me Alone. Two, I just want to shout out the music video for being one of the more aesthetically pleasing videos I've seen in a long time. Number 15, from 20, the new single, Wheel, W-E-O-L. Longtime listeners probably are really tired of me going on about From 20, but I really do think he's incredible for having so quickly in his career figured out his exact musical sweet spot and to continue to hone that is remarkable. And his music is just bop after bop. This new song really does cool things with how his voice travels and emphasizes the words at just the right moment to up the drama. It's quite a vengeful, post-breakup, angry message, delivered in a very fun way. And it makes for an interesting contrast, because his last single, James Dean, had him in a much more confident, top-of-the-world state of mind. Number 14. Cypher. The Code. Hyunbin made an interesting comment when he said, quote, We didn't decipher the code in our first and second EPs. In the new album, we visualize the idea by showing ourselves wandering in a maze, unquote. So music video story-wise, they're still set out to crack the code and are still trapped in this metaphorical and literal maze. So note that for later. But this whole album, they said, is kind of about breaking that code and trying to emerge into a new world. Yet they're also saying they're still trapped in a maze, so you see how maybe the plot is about how they think the worst is over, and nope, there are many more mountains to climb on this journey. They were quite hands-on, writing and composing, an impressive extent, and Rain has really been a great mentor, it sounds like. They're under his company, and he actually apparently visited almost every day just to check in with them and see how rehearsals were going. Number 13. Astro. Drive to the Starry Road. There are three main things I love about this release. One is just how summer-ready it is. Lots of cute, fun, sugary sweet songs, like Candy Sugar Pop. Very easy listening, fun to dance to. And it goes with number two, the very fun music video. It's full of CGI, flying car, levitating candy, just a whole bunch of weird stuff. They pivot from casual wear to more formal wear. So just quite a colorful variety in their outfits, in the props, in the settings. It's all very whimsical. And the third thing is the fact they each get a solo. Really cool to see them each bring out their own style for sure. Guitar back songs to just chill vibey stuff to a piano based love song. And then there are more dramatic pivots in more mature material, like on Moonbin standout, dramatic solo. More energy with like Rocky's chant ready song. So they show the range. It's not all just the most down the middle bubblegum pop here. I also find it to be a very nice touch that the sticky lollipop bits on one guy's face are actually just glitter. So like glitter makeup is left in the wake of looking a lollipop. Number 12, Icon Flashback. This album is meant to, in the words of Don Hyuk, be quote, about Icon walking down the memory lane and marching forward, unquote, which is kind of represented by calling it flashback like flashing forward and looking back. 
They worked a lot with Mino and Yoon from Winner. Yoon actually gifted them a song. I love the lyric, time is gold and I'm a beggar. Just made me think of the best cipher lyric of all time. That if time is money, I lost a lot of money. Good stuff. Those types of references never get old. Bobby helped write every song. DK composed three, and J, DK, and Bobby all wrote Dragon, which is a cool symbolic song about learning to literally look fly, literally walk through the fire. It's a good metaphor. Dragon is also, like the song for real, very old icon, very reminiscent of earlier icon. The album overall is a great mix of old and new sounds. Really cool lyric from that title track, quote, Am I lingering or am I just used to it? Unquote. Think about that. Are you lingering in a relationship because you like it and you don't want to leave? Or because you're just used to it and the unfamiliarity of your life post-breakup is daunting? Number 11. Woods. Colorful trauma. Woods is such a rock star. The wait felt really long for this. I was really looking forward to when he would finally come back. And this new chapter just shows him going full punk. And I just love that for him. Love that for us. So good. He does have a more emotional, vulnerable pivot on hope to be like you. But otherwise, very just unapologetic, bold attitude. Just great emo music. And the video is interesting to read into because, first of all, I think he's wearing the same shirt that Yunjun wore in Good Boy Gone Bad, so watch out for that. And second of all, you could read into the way that he actually looks more claustrophobic when he's alone as opposed to being around others because he's in that plastic covering thing or he's turned upside down or he's in that little, not a fridge, but it kind of looks like a fridge. He's trapped himself in small spaces and looks more angry and claustrophobic then as opposed to when he's just in the elevator with those other people. Just something to think about. Number 10. Jun Sewoon, Where is my garden? From start to finish, everything about this comeback is just so cute and likable. His whole message is so cute. He said this album is meant to be a musical garden, a place to just recharge and embrace this sunshiny attitude. Look on the bright side, like your plants in the garden might literally do. The title track, Roller Coaster, highlights that message with the way he is in his garage watching news reports about COVID and stuff, followed by ads for a new roller coaster in town. And so he sings about embracing that roller coaster, that life is full of ups and downs and unpredictability, but that's not a bad thing. He actually says, quote, I enjoy this unpredictable rhythm, unquote. And I love the bridge, quote, fear, that's another name for thrill, unquote. He then just experiences this roller coaster via VR headset. So he's basically showing, hey, you can make the most of your situation, even when it's not ideal, and treat life like a roller coaster and be along for the ride happily. Just a really cute, upbeat message, and a peppy attitude that permeates the b-sides as well. And the video is full of bright spring colors, what's not to like? Number 9. Victim. Chaos. Aside from the dramatic cinematic video, this release is just really well done and admirable because they were hands-on making it. Hansei wrote on all six tracks, Soon Sik wrote Dear Yun, Subin wrote I Love, 
Also, shameless plug, check out the episode of the show called K-Pop Talk with Andy Love for our quick interview. Andy Love worked on Bonnie and Clyde and tons of other stuff previously I talk about in that episode. But yeah, shout out to him for that. Actually, Bonnie and Clyde and Stupid O'Clock, for the longest time, were tied for title track picks, and they couldn't decide. Ultimately, I think they made the right call with Stupid O'Clock, but maybe just for the sake of it, have a second A-side. Release the Bonnie and Clyde video. This release is really high quality, well produced, and I just want to emphasize that because, to be honest, if it's the last day of the month and you release something, I'm probably biased against it, putting it in this list, because I want to feel like I've done the list. I want to feel like I've gathered my top 20, so I can start ranking and reviewing them. So if you release something on the 31st, I'm likely to be like, ugh. Now I gotta decide if this factors in. I may just inherently be inclined to dismiss the release. So for them to get on here just really does go to show this was a standout release worth your attention. Number eight, Kane Daniel, The Story. The appreciation and respect for this release and how memorable it is is greater if you think about Kane Daniel's journey, the mental process that led him here. I dubbed his album Yellow, one of the best of last year, because it capped off his color trilogy really well and powerfully. Cyan was part one, very teenage, youthful, cheerful, peppy. Part two, magenta, more EDM, energy focused. And part three was yellow, which was ironically covering super dense material, really dark subjects, but had this light at the end of the tunnel finale with the single antidote and everything. So kind of a darkest before dawn emblem. Now, the story, which he described himself in a recent interview as changing from protagonist to narrator. So this new album is kind of an anthology of different short stories as opposed to one clear main focus in narrative. This is meant to be kind of an eclectic short story collection of songs, sonically and lyrically varied. And he described it also in a really cool way by saying that he views his role now as best to listen. He spent three albums telling, now he's going to be listening. It's our turn to tell stories. This more passive role gives this release this feeling of relief and lightness. Like, yeah, it was darkest before dawn, and now we can enjoy the dawn. Basically like a self-care album. It just feels lighter and happier than Yellow did. They capture the emotional essence that he was going for really well. My personal favorite, Don't Tell. His collab with Jesse, it's a Latin pop song. But there are so many other sonic influences on here. Chancellor and Debo DBO were with him every step of the way, from demo to final version of these tracks, providing support. He also put a lot of care into this as a group project by deciding on a color scheme, because although he is done with the color trilogy, he still really does see the value in vivid imagery to provoke a certain sentiment. Colors still tell his story, this time the palette is purple, gray, and black. I really like this long quote from him in this really great interview. Shameless plug, I interviewed Riddy Chakraborty quite a while ago, so check out that episode to hear more about her work. But anyway, another great interview she had recently for Rolling Stone India with Kane Daniel, where he really dove into this deeper meaning of his work. And from that interview that I will link to on my site comes this incredible quote. I think it comes down to this. If you are hurt physically, if you get a scratch on your skin, it's visible and you can see whether it's healing or whether it's bleeding. But if it's something inside and if you're hurt emotionally, you really can't fathom how much you're hurt. 
whether you're healing or whether you've gotten over it. And so sometimes you just try to forget about it. I think that trying to forget and trying to ignore it is the worst thing that you can do. I personally thought that I had to create a medium that I could vent through or express myself. If you just get mired in your own feelings, I think that you can go into this hole and you can never come out of it. And he goes on to talk about our internet age and the importance of IRL connections. I just think that's a really powerful way to not just describe the intensity of symbolic metaphorical scars, but also describe why music really touches people and says things that are hard to find words for. When words fail, music can help, and he views it as a good outlet for that. And so for addressing complex, relatable emotions, part of knowing how to continue to do that is by listening, not just talking. So I thought that was a really great way to describe his outlook, his approach towards the story. And given its universality, this release was perfectly titled. Calling it just the story was the perfect way to go. Number seven, Yerin with Arya. This former G-Friend member really stands out on her own. This album is really beautiful. The lyrics in every song about stepping into your own, embracing who you are, making sure you show your true colors to the world, unfolding your wings, so many powerful messages wrapped up in these songs. The most poetic lyrics I find to be on La La La, where she talks about words in a really beautiful way. Something along the lines of letting lovely words drip out of your mouth, words landing in a powerful way, almost like personifying language in a really interesting way. She also has an interesting way to create a metaphor for what she's trying to do mentally on the ballad time, talking about trying to separate some memories to keep on her right side, some on her left side. She's trying to sift through and organize her feelings. It's a really great release for a solo debut to show the world I'm ready for this and I've been preparing mentally for this. And the video for Aria is stunning. So many flowers, so much beauty, so many colors, so many cute outfits, a must-see. Number six. Millet, Walking in My Lane. As I wrote at howtostandusubstack.com with my Millet Visions album review, Millet just really has an incomparable way to use her voice, her really raw, interesting voice, to sway the instruments. Almost like she's directing the instruments in their direction. And she seems to really lean into that strength of her commanding vocal presence. Almost like she read my article, you never know. Because she overtly controls the instrumentals at one point on this EP. She says slower, and the music slows down for her. Then she says faster, and it speeds up. Like, she knows she's in control. It's not even this subversive thing anymore. She just has a way of knowing how to use her voice when instrumentals pull back, her voice surges forward, or vice versa. And even just when to place certain notes, like the piano really emphasizing the bye when she says goodbye in the title track. On this release, I think she saved the best for last with My Dreams Are Made of Hell. Very heavy vibe, but very fun and darkly charming too. The way she says lines like Christmas is coming in a really hushed, ominous way, really memorable, quite an unsettling feeling, but she nails it. Number five, Lay Seraphim, Fearless. The video may seem just kind of random, like they're posing in dramatic sets, they're riding a motorcycle, all this stuff. 
But truly, I think you learn to appreciate it more if you watch it more than once. Because first, what gets your attention most, I think, are the larger-than-life set designs. But later on, what should hold your attention are the incredible dance moves. The hair flips one by one, the formations, the way they move together, really cool. And really cool contrast because they have these hushed, whispered lyrics, but this really powerful stage presence. The video also is less random than what meets the eye because of the representative statements they're making. I mean, the girl in a fancy dress and boxing gloves, the girl in her prom dress, basically still in the dance practice room. So ways that they bring their own facets of their personality together to be unapologetically 100% themselves. The title track is also great because Sakura gets her time to shine. Very glad she gets to do the ba-ba-bum intro. They sure are into onomatopoeia and gibberish kind of intros, aren't they? Shout out to Ha Yunjin and Kim Chae-won for their work on Blue Flame, as well as Mr. Bang himself, who worked on the title track, producing and writing. The whole album is worth a listen, and the best song, The Great Mermaid. Plus, it's got a great metaphor about not needing a prince, because that's a twisted story. I would like to think that is some Little Mermaid slander, because I don't like the Little Mermaid story at all, but that's a rant for another day. But yeah, they basically turn the tables and say don't be like her. Don't literally give away your voice. Number four. For Eve. Exceptional. This Thai girl group really impresses me. I think they would be really popular with K-pop fans if only they knew about them. For Eve is really interesting in how they blend vibes of traditional and modern instruments, R&B vibes with percussion and guitar and synth, just so many layers, really powerful songs, and this one is really good. No exception. The video for Exceptional shows them performing this kind of pop ballad, but faster paced. Each member is kind of acting out a sin, something you'd be guilty of, like gluttony, sloth, greed, etc. And get these name tags with those seven sins on them. But those name tags are replaced with words like, instead of gluttony, a label says, honoring my appetite, something like that. Someone else has the ego sign replaced with a label saying, the name tag says, hello, I am learning my worth, that kind of thing. In that way of shifting the narrative and taking on new labels, literally, it's a powerful visual demonstration of what you can do to be nicer to yourself. Number three, Nissy, Hocus Pocus 3. This album is so much fun. It has a lot of his really good pre-release singles, but it also has some new stuff in all very upbeat and fun and but amidst the festiveness, there's a beautiful ballad as well. The song that's really just it is The Ride. In the last track, Cat and Mouse, make sure that the album ends as party-ready and lively as the opening number, Trippin'. Which, true to Nissy, continues to have this to-be-continued music video story where he is performing in front of this big audience at like a, a circus type of show, or kind of like a halftime show. Anyway, it's a live performance, and everything goes off without a hitch until the end when something mysterious and confusing happens. So make sure you go check out the video and stay tuned, because I truly don't know where the story goes next. Number two. TXT, Minisode 2, Thursday's Child. I released a whole episode all about Minisode 2, 
my thoughts and theories about it, and my overall updated guide to the TXT music video cinematic universe. So if you want to check that out, wherever you subscribe to 17 Karat K-Pop, that is out as a podcast episode. I also have some TXT writing is also on the site. If you go to 17karatkpop.weebly.com, click the drop-down menu for sort by artist, sort episodes by artist, and you can find all my TXT dedicated stuff from the past. Writing, future writing will be there too, podcast episodes, etc. So I won't rehash it here. I do want to bring up some really interesting points that came out in recent Weverse articles about this comeback. One is the overall meaning of this album, in how the rage, the fury post-breakup, is changing forms, in how this new album represents this shift between blind fury, blind jealousy, blind rage, etc., heat of the moment, lack of clarity, emotions get the best of you. Now that that reaction has died down, the main reaction they have is now processing fully what happened, which is why now they turn towards more grief, at least on the B-sides. That's why they're really drawing out this dramatic performance for the dance recital ready song opening sequence, which is ironically kind of a signal of the end of a chapter two. So this album is basically the version of your post-breakup self that comes out of the confused headspace with blind rage into a new headspace of just pure grief and more logic, more accepting the harsh reality of what's happening. That's why they actually chose to save their tears, literally save their tears, for the end of the Good Boy Gone Bad video. That's what it represents, that transition. The Weaver's deep dive into the meaning of this album, which I will link to on my site, brought up an interesting contrast between Dear Sputnik and Opening Sequence. Kind of different stories, but sonically sharing a lot with their production. I'll write more about this on my site, but also of note is the way you can really read into the Thursday's Child concept. Because on one hand, it is pretty straightforward if you read the lyrics about feeling it's a good day to break up, It's a good day to deal with messy emotions because you don't have to do that on a Monday and then spend your whole week thinking about this stuff, mourning this stuff. But you also don't sour your weekend, your weekend vibe. So Thursday's a good day. But it's also not quite there to the weekend. But also, that is a reference to David Bowie's song, Thursday's Child, where he says, maybe I'm born out of my time. And TXT's story kind of has a similarity there, where they feel like time is frozen or unfroze too fast, and they are out of place time-wise with the rest of society. They've been taken out of place. It also could be kind of a play on Monday's Child, which is a nursery rhyme, basically about how you are extra lucky if you were born on a certain day of the week because you have far to go, meaning far to go in life, success-wise, a lot to look forward to, a bright future ahead. I really like how Tehim put it when he said that their songs are always about growth. So at the end of the day, you come out of these experiences having learned something, and so you could look at it in some bright way. And that's why their message is kind of not entirely negative about having far to go. They don't treat that as too daunting. They see the silver lining in it. A few more fun facts. I know I started this off by saying I wouldn't spend that much time talking about this release, but here I am. 
Subin said about opening sequence, when he got his line distribution, he was like, are you sure? Isn't this a joke? And then he said, when he first heard Good Boy Gone Bad, his thought was, quote, wow, I'm doomed. But come on, Subin, you did great. Lonely Boy, their first unit song, took the longest to record and master. They really tried hard to get the tone right, and it wasn't easy. Kai revealed every award show performance has a little teaser for their next release, sometimes in just a broad way, thematically. Their dances at award shows have hidden details in them, and he said that's why he chose to perform Bad Man by Rain for the KBS Songfest. Taehyun said to really capture the right emotions, he actually overtly just asked his friend from middle school how the breakup felt to him. And he says, quote, I know that's not nice, but still. Just really funny to me that he just reached out and was like, hey, can you rehash that heartbreaking incident you went through? It's for music. But what are friends for, I guess? Taehyun also said that was interesting, that in the part of opening sequence choreography where he's alone, he said he got inspiration from Jimin solo moves. He said, quote, I think he's the pinnacle when it comes to that classical style of dance. What would Jimin do, unquote? Referring to that's what he would ask himself. Good life advice, not just for choreography. Lastly, I really love this quote from Taehyun for anything in life, really. Quote, usually when people talk about passion, they describe it as a burning flame. But anyone who's really put in the effort knows the truth. It's a cold, lonely fight to keep chiseling away at yourself. The more you do, the more numb you become to fleeting emotions, and your efforts gradually become a talent. Unquote. I found that to be a really thought-provoking new take on passion. It is that fiery warmth. But it's not all that. It's the moments of what feels like a cold flame, if that makes sense. Or when you worry is not being controlled enough. Lots of metaphor extensions here you could use. Anyway, again, more on my site soon. Drumroll, please. Although, if you don't know what the 17 karat K-pop pick for best new music is, I don't know what to tell you. But here's a drum roll for the dramatic shocker reveal anyway. 17. Face the Sun. Tons of coverage I've done of that, again at howtostandatsubstack.com, plus two different episodes of the show I dedicated to this new era of theirs. One that is out now is called Face the Sun Theories, diving into the symbolism of the teaser video series and how it fits in with their previous releases. Then I released 17 is Back after the album came out, which is a track-by-track breakdown. So Face the Sun Theories and Seventeen is Back really dive into this new album in its many layered meanings. Just a couple quick updates now that have come out with new promotional interviews that I didn't mention on those episodes. First of all, I should have mentioned earlier, not just that it is symbolic that Wan Wu steps on those glasses and looks up at the sky and sees black birds, but specifically because he wears glasses in real life. I forgot to mention that earlier, to step on and smash something that was just part of your daily life, that seems symbolic even more than I thought. Vernon has confirmed that he has no tattoos, so any you see on him are makeup. Woozy said they never planned to have unit songs, so from day one, they were like, we have to be all of us on every song, to really symbolize this new era they are embarking on after seven years. And they always work with the keyword. 
They pick the keyword to summarize the comeback, then work backwards to create it. So this time, that word was Ash, which is the last song on the album, and they worked backwards from that theme. Other interesting fact, DK's hair caught on fire. There were quite a few pyrotechnics to deal with in Hot, the music video, and during filming for concept images, DK's hair caught on fire. He's fine though, don't worry. I mentioned before that Jun Han's wings are symbolic, but I also should have mentioned that they are extra symbolic given that there's one moment when the wings are really dragging. It's a very Icarus-esque situation, in a way. Like he realized he flew too close to the sun. Lastly, I just want to say congrats to them again for a great release and getting their sixth million-seller album. Time for a ton of honorable mentions. Moon Soojin, with her new album, Lucky Charms. I've had my eyes on Moon Soojin pretty much since she released Now. That was a really good song. And that was one that really made me think, wow, she can really take a boring song or something, you know, pretty basic and make it memorable. She just has a really underrated voice. That also came out strong in 1 Billion Views, her collab with XOSC. But she's finally getting time to shine on her own with quite a variety pack of sounds, but still a unique blend of dance pop, synth pop with kind of an R&B undercurrent, so it's less of a high tempo than you'd expect. It's more vibey, less melody driven. It's a unique sound that's really suitable to her, and she has this really incredible, beautiful eye makeup, very summery, in the video for Right Back. I like the new Oneus album, Trickster. I really love the intro, really great, and I love the range. I just wanted, I guess, a little more from the video. The video had a lot of potential, I thought, to really have quite a twist and turn filled plot. I mean, they're at this literal clown show. They're like a circus slash theme park. A lot of chaos could have ensued. That did, but also less symbols, more narrative, I guess, is what I wanted. So I was a little underwhelmed, but they did a great job. Classy. Class is over. This new girl group is quite promising. One thing that disappointed me were some plot holes slash lack of continuing the story, but if it is to be continued intentionally, I will forgive that. But if the story just abruptly does not return to addressing the current zombie apocalypse in their video, then I'll be mad. I also think this release you'll gain more appreciation for if you have patience, because the second half of the release is frankly more exciting. So wait for the second half, listen to the full thing, but stay tuned and the second half is when it gets really good. TNX, Way Up For a group that just debuted, it's really cool to see how hands-on they have been. Hui composed and arranged We On by himself, a really fun and fierce intro to both the group and this album. And your favorite melody is actually a song we wrote a long time ago, like even before the show Loud. It's interesting how they place the title track later in the album, so you have to listen to the intro and some b-sides first to hear a bit more of their sonic range before you get to the heavy hitter. Lightsome. Into the Light. The group put a ton into this comeback. Apparently they rehearsed as a group three hours each evening and then worked on individual stuff training each morning on their own for a total of about eight hours of rehearsing each day. So props to them for the hard work, really adorable school setting, video, very colorful school, very fun choreography. 
But they also have sassier songs too. And the best song overall on this is the Dance Floor Ready song called I, just the letter I. Pink Fun, Pila Kuya. This is such a fun, bouncy pop song. It has a really fun video where it blends 2D animated characters with the arcade setting in the quote-unquote real world. Major Espa vibes from it with their cartoon alter egos. And at the end, it seems like the guys are done for. The girls teamed up against them and they, with their alter egos, kind of won the day, both in the arcade games and just in the arcade location. But then the boys all team up to try to stop them. It's quite a comedic caper, paired with a catchy song, What's Not to Love. Yonzo Kenshi has a really interesting new release with three songs. Each song is very him. It's very full, sonically rich. This time, more into an operatic string instrument focus than before, but also very much him because they just spotlight his really, really hard to describe, incredibly unique voice in delivery. Definitely memorable. And a lot of powerful, poetic lyrics. Like, quote, In a cracked mirror, I stared at a reflection in my past self. Unquote. And, quote, A flower about to wilt said its last words to me. Unquote. And my personal favorite, Quote, For now, fear nothing, and be the only one to understand the meaning of pain. Unquote. Isn't that a great way to look at it? If you feel like life is out to get you, fear nothing and be the only one to understand the meaning of pain. There are different ways to read into that, of course, but I'm just saying really profound. I'm really excited for B.I.'s next era, especially with the release of his new single, BTBT, with Davida and Soldier Boy that both of them, B.I. and Soldier Boy, wrote and produced. Actually, co-writing credits also go to the team behind That's What I Like by Bruno Mars. It's a very fun winding video with a flying car in a futuristic world. And B.I. just looks so good in it. Platinum blonde is for him. That makeup is for him. That outfit was meant for him. Just really great rock star material. And Davida's voice is just timeless, priceless, just one of a kind. It's a great collaboration and an exciting hint, probably, of the sound of B.I.'s upcoming album. Speaking of cinematic videos... Hyo finally has a full EP out. It's called Deep, as is the title track. The music video is definitely set in Kwanya, set in this fictional world, where she seems to be kind of a villain character, which might be worth bookmarking for future reference. And an interesting teaser image for Deep could be read as hints about the future of Kwanya, and her role as this powerful villain maybe in it or at least powerful, force to be reckoned with, that could be used for good or evil. Because on the teaser poster it says, quote, If I overcome disparagement by others, it becomes the driving force for further self-growth. If you like and enjoy what's your own, without being swayed by others, that becomes the standard of the world. This is my power that no one can take lightly. It is so exciting to see Bandit back. Truly, I thought it was one of those cases where a K-pop group just quietly disbands and never really has a proper goodbye release. But no, they're back. Really fierce release, really eye-popping video, a really fierce instrumental intro that draws you in right away. Lots of brassy, funky, high-energy sound effects in instrumentals, and it ends fittingly with Don't Mess With Me. So really just a bold, confident release that I've been really waiting for. Blank Two Eyes debut release. 
from the first few seconds with that butterfly, it feels like they're creating some symbols, prepping some world building in their videos that I think will be interesting to watch unfold. Speaking of symbolism, don't forget the tame dashed Japanese version video for an hyphen is here now. Very symbolic and a dark turn that works surprisingly well with one of their lighter songs. AB6 is back with A to B. They continue to hone this really signature pop subgenre all their own. Very them. And those songs are going to sound so cool live on tour. I do think they will be incredible live performers. I know there's a deluge of K-pop shows you're getting tickets for this summer. I think AB6 is one you should make sure not to miss. G-Idol gave Tomboy a very proper remix that still captures the essence of the original with Rehab, who always does a good job, so shouldn't have been surprised there. One of my J-Rock faves, J-Rock, J-Pop, J-Electropop, the eclectic, I'll just say, Real, R-E-O-L, has a new song out called Naked that is really fast-paced and just classically real. Another Japanese artist I really like, Novel Core, and his new song Trouble, really catchy. Japanese artist Millennium Parade, they're very, very quirky. And their new video for Secret Ceremony, which is like a, a theme song, it definitely, you could see why. The video is really, really fun to watch. It's like a virtual reality show or something. It's like you're falling through and flying through or falling in. The point is you're very, you're very turned upside down, free falling, free flying through the video. It's very immersive, short, but very well done and worth watching. Psy continues to release Can't Miss videos to accompany his late May release, Psy 9th. The latest includes Celeb, a super colorful, fun video with Susie, and she basically lip syncs for him, I guess just for the comedy of it, as if he needed to try to be funny, try to be funnier and more likable, but here we are. Honestly, he should just make a video for every track. Woo Sun continues to stand out as a soloist with his EP Moth, Really, his voice is one of those that's just so one-of-a-kind. And Rockstar-ready. He really can be a huge superstar as a soloist, I think. I love The Rose, don't get me wrong. But his solo stuff is really, can take him far, I think. And his voice really plays well with the instruments. So the stories feel quite emotional. He's not phoning it in. He's very invested in the songs he sings and the stories they tell. Kim Yeji, a really interesting rock icon of sorts who speaks about a lot of taboo topics in her music, has a new fierce EP turned. One we renewed my admiration for their early 2022 release with a new video for an old song, Montage. ATs are giving Rocky the A-side treatment it deserves with this new boxer version. Drippin have a really cute, fun, pastel-filled video for So Good. Another really cute, fun video from Unite, who released the face version of their One of Nine video, still in this really cute CGI world. Lee Soo Yun has a beautiful new video, mixing lots of floral displays and celestial settings with scenes where she has this dramatic dance under a spotlight. Forestella are back. Great for fans of Paradise, for their really deep opera voices. Really just a stirring performance, if you're into that sound. As you probably gathered from my latest episodes, there's a new collab you should check out between Hamingyu and Love Abstract. Select and then the B-side Hint of Yellow. Check out their individual interviews for more about the backstory. 
Kinda Adachi released a video for the song Me that is so colorful. I can't decide if I like the outfit choices. They're very notable, but her happy spirit is just contagious. It makes me want to just walk around the city in bright clothes twirling without a care in the world. Brown Tigger continues to release a really interesting Song of the Month project, and his Song of the Month for May was Marley with Huckleberry P, and I think it's really one of his better ones this year. Amber Lou's voice is surprisingly compatible with the rapper Dan aka Dan on Bleed Me Dry. Lastly, the unnamed group Trainee A have a new video for a pre-debut song Ain't No Privacy, which honestly it just sounds like My Bag by G Idol. I'm just saying. So if you like My Bag by G Idol but with different lyrics, that's pretty much what Trainee A song is. As for the best English language releases of the past month, Gotta give a shout-out to Truly the Goat, Kendrick Lamar. The new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, really he's done it again. Although, frankly, I will always love Damn more than any other album of his. It got so much critical acclaim for a reason, so there's no topping that. Rhymes has a new video out for New Gods, which is really visually just stunning, as usual from her. Pele Royale has a new song off their upcoming album. Not much known about the album, but if the new single, Broken, is any indication, we're in for a treat. An artist I've been hyping up a lot lately on this show, Anna Sophia. Single after single has just been so good. I think she's so underrated. Her EP is finally here. It's called Let Me Out, I'm Free. The best song is Cruel World of hers, or number five, but they're all really good. Cameron Phillip continues to do some really cool DIY music, and he's really clearly passionate about it, and a fellow ARMY, so ARMY should go support him. His newest single out now, called Yellow. Lastly, Rina Sawayama released This Hell, a really great song that captured that spirit of a lot of her past songs, actually, but in a new way. There's just something about listening to her songs where you're like classic Rina. As you listen to it, you just sense it. She's really a great artist. More on these releases, as well as playlist links to the videos I talked about today, including honorable mentions, be sure to subscribe at howtostand.substack.com. I will keep it a free post for all to access, so be sure to subscribe to not miss it. It will also be up at 17karatkpop.weebly.com eventually. And you can answer directly in Spotify if that's where you're listening. The question of the day, which is, which of these releases did you like the most? Or what are your other thoughts about the best of May? Let's talk great new music. Alright, thank you guys so much for listening to the show as always. So much great new music came out. I hope it gave you a lot of listening to catch up on. Or at least appreciate in a new light. And I'll talk to you all very soon. Bye everybody.